Here comes the Here comes the Here comes the Y'all don't really worry like Here comes the boom! It's the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. It is now week 13, your final chance to get into the playoffs. I'm fighting for playoff spot in a couple leagues. How are you guys doing? Well, in my main league of record, we actually start playoffs this week, and I'm in, in two seeds, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, Mm, A lot of other leagues, not so much, but you know. It's all about it's all about the ones you're doing well in. Screw those other leagues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one remembers this. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm having a great year, guys. I am flying high, except for the Scott Fishbowl. I'm going to be in my redraft leagues, playoffs, uh, five of six leagues, most likely, and dynasty uh, four of six. So I am uh, I'm cruising into week fourteen or week thirteen. Sorry. Yeah, uh, o- Okada. How did you end up faring in the Scott Fishbowl? Um, I have a good record. I'm like seven and. Four five or maybe even eight and four but i did not make the playoffs sadly i have a good division well i will do my best to represent the team because i ended on the final standings at i believe 58, 58 yeah. overall yeah okay Ken. um right. i i was i was um i was a few lamar miller points shy of getting a bye week actually i would have preferred if amandola did anything but anyway um i i'm in the playoffs i'm the top uh it's it's kind of hard to explain the rules, so I won't go th- through that. But I'm in a good spot for the first week of playoffs, and things are looking good in the sky. All Fish you need Bowl, to know so is Kent is really good at we'll fantasy represent. football. That's all you got to know. True. Hey, yeah, just don't let me tell you about my bad leagues, okay? <laughs> Clearly, uh, <laughs> he's been listening to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. I have. Well, I just have these two wonderful co-hosts that mm. I listen to all the time. They have great fantasy oh, advice. Stop it. Um, stop. Yeah. Make me blush. All right, so let's jump. <laughs> Let's jump into the news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Uh, I think the biggest piece of news this week is definitely that Leonard Fournette got suspended for one game for just getting into a fist fight. It, it, did you guys watch that whole situation yes. play out? It was actually I mean, not funny, but... Oh, no. Like, oh, I thought it was hilarious. Of, the, the fighting <laughs> yeah, was wasn't okay, that it was funny, funny, but the two guys hugging each other on the ground for five minutes <laughs> yes. was hysterical. That was really funny. They, they, sh- they like, showed the fight for probably a solid 10, 15 seconds, and then they just, like, they switched cameras over to camera B or whatever, and the two dudes are just laying there, not moving an inch, <laughs> just trying to get possession of the football, even though it had already been decided. Yeah, the, oh. the Leonard Fournette air quotes here fighting that happened was a lot of slapping um there was there's very minimal <laughs> contact happening which uh you know if you're gonna do it man get in there and actually <laughs> swing it man. don't just slap and get suspended for nothing so uh yeah those situations yeah. always make me frustrated yeah and he he appealed this and it got denied so he will for sure sit out one game this week uh that leaves behind the services of carlos hyde and tj yeldon to fill that gap and also, should I mention that Cody Kessler is starting for the Jaguars, too. So it's just a whole lot of fun going on for the Jaguars this year, uh, don't you think? Huzzah. <laughs> yeah, that game against the Steelers last year in the playoffs seems like a very, very, very long time ago. <laughs> right? Seriously. And uh, look, um, 
I'm excited about one player on this team in the wake of, of Leonard Fournette for this one week, and and we'll talk about him later. Ooh. Hint, hint. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I'm picking a Jaguar as my start of the week, Ooh. so I'll leave that on the slate uh, for a little bit later. Do you guys have any other feelings about what's going on with him? It's it's only one week, so it's you sit him, obviously, and uh, what else can you do? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're desperate for a running back start, both guys will be serviceable against the Colts, um, who they're not great on, against the ground game, you know, opposing running backs, but I talked about this with you, Kent, on our waiver show that I prefer Yeldon in any PPR format, and if it's a standard league, I'll take uh, Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I think I prefer Yeldon in both, personally, but I won't steal any people's thunder that may have thunder to bring at later times. Mm. <laughs> yes, there may be some thunder. Um, you know how I like to pick those fun starts. So let's move on. Uh, it sounds like Lamar Jackson is going to be starting again in week 13, and this has already been decided. Uh, coaching staff think that Flacco will need a whole week of practice before he ends up coming back to play. Uh, this is my opinion, but spoiler alert, he's never coming back to play. This is Lamar Jackson's team now, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I sure hope that's the case. I think there's a chance that if he plays poorly and loses this game against the Falcons, that uh, Flacco does come back. But A, I don't expect that to happen. B, I really hope it doesn't, because I think we all want to see Lamar Jackson. No one wants to see Joe Flacco. And, uh, yep, yeah. And uh, I really enjoy this because I have Lamar Jackson in my main league, my 2QB league, yep. that if I don't have oh. him in, I basically have nothing because Mitch Trubisky is also hurt. But Lamar could I go see, off yeah. this week, so huzzah. Yeah, and I was just going to say one one quick thing. They're you know, right behind the Steelers for the division title, so if they're winning with Jackson, why would they... Why would they switch it up and why would they go back to Flacco, even if he's healthy? Uh, I think that staying with Jackson is the right move. Actually, I was writing about this in my uh, Number Fire article for the week in that uh, their offense has provided over 400 yards each of the last two weeks with Jackson at the helm, and that's something they haven't done in four weeks, I believe it was, since you know uh, Joe Flacco had been starting. So this offense has been revitalized in the form of actually having a run game. The pass game can be a little bit better, but I think they're easing Jackson into it a little bit. So I'm all aboard the uh, Lamar Jackson train. And last but not least, up on the news docket, this one's kind of minor, but C.J. Anderson was working out for the Lions. Uh, I think the biggest news here isn't really about C.J. Anderson so much as it could be bad news for Carrion Johnson. How do you how do you feel about this one? Yeah, I I definitely am a little concerned about what that means. I mean, what we've seen so far from C.J. Anderson this year has been minimal, given that Christian McCaffrey had taken all the work in Carolina, but uh, he's just kind of been a jag out there, just a guy. Uh, who hasn't done much and if they're bringing in someone like that to try to fill the shoes or should I say at least provide depth at the running back position it could mean that you know carry on still a few weeks away from being back we, we really don't know to be honest with you um, we don't know what's going on specifics with the injury they said it's a sprain which means there is a ligament involved fortunately not not as ACL but we just don't know which one is involved so uh, the timeline is hard to predict he did not practice today but also worth noting out, C.J. Anderson left there without a contract, so uh, not sure. Yeah, just to clarify for our listeners, too, I don't think that any of us are concerned that if they signed C.J. Anderson and Carrion and him were both playing, that he would somehow eat into Carrion's work or anything like that. Certainly not any more than Blunt has at all. But what is, and what is concerning, and I'm actually pretty concerned about it, is that they went out looking 
with if they have Blunt, I feel like if it was a one or two week situation where they knew they were going to get carry on back, they wouldn't need to go out and find a CJ Anderson. Like Blunt's not great, although he that did run really well against the Bears last week, but he's good enough to last one or two weeks. The fact that they're doing this honestly concerns me pretty heavily that they don't feel positively about carry on for maybe the rest of the season. And I would see no reason to rush him back. He's your rookie running back. Your season is completely dead. This is, I'm concerned. Yeah, it's, uh, I'd say there's even potential for carry on going to IR if, if, if things are truly bad enough. So, uh, it's something to keep an eye on. Like you said, Laguerre Blunt, I think is actually a good spot start for the next couple weeks. So long as carry on is out. Um, but, um, not 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 he's not like a top 24 running back for me he's just like a good flex or something i dare you to make him your start of the week you won't do it i will not (laughs) i will not do such a thing i will not i have a much better running back in for my start of the week not really okay on to the injuries well there's there's a few things that happened this last week. Um, we'll start with some good news. AJ Green is practicing, and he came out with a quote and said he's ready to play. He's ready to get on the field. I need him personally. I think Boyd owners need him too. Uh, and actually, that entire offense just operates better when Green is out there. Even if you know, we'll just wrap this up into one piece of news here. Andy Dalton is out for the remainder of the season with his thumb injury. And we have uh, Jeff Driscoll. Did I get that first name yeah, right? Yeah, just, uh, just another dude, yeah, dude name, right? Not Matt or like Just that. another regular dude name like oh, Matt. God, did you hear that? True, on the I heard that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't just throw and shade at us left and right. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it when I said it, to be perfectly honest. But, uh, but there it is. It's on the table. So, um, Yeah, so Dalton out, AJ Green in. How do you guys feel about this? Yeah, I think. Um, the, sorry, Okada, go ahead. No, no, it's. I think it's. I think it's the right move for them to bring him back. They still have a chance to make playoffs, and he, I know, really wants to play, like strongly. And there was a season, I think, a couple years ago, where there was a situation similar to this, and they didn't let him, and he was upset. So I think they should they should let him play, and I think that it's good for everybody in fantasy. Like you said, Kent, I think it takes the number one corner off of Boyd, who, by the way, played great with his name of Jeff Driscoll last <laughs> week. He got most of his production from Jeff Driscoll last week, so I'm not too concerned about the QB change. Um, but yeah, it takes the corner off in that respect, makes the whole offense better, so I, I hope he plays. Yeah, I, I definitely hope he does too. And I'm going to address one of our listener questions. There was someone that reached out to me at FF Pole Tsunami asked, How worried am I about AJ Green? Specifically, I think for this week and moving forward is with regards to his injury. Uh, the turf toe injury it really is tough to predict how Green is going to do when he gets back on the field. Obviously, with each week that passes, his chance of aggravating it goes down. I need to see him put in a full week of practice without any setbacks before I really do feel comfortable with him out there. Um, but with all that said, he could have a full week of practice, go out there, two plays in, and injure the toe again. So to be honest with you, we just don't know. And it, for my advice, as far as injury is concerned, it's A.J. Green. If he's out there, throw him in your lineup. Yeah, and to reference what Okada was talking about, it was 2016, two years ago, like you were saying, he was trying to get to that 1,000-yard mark because he hadn't missed that every single year of his career up to that point, and he did miss, and he was very upset with the coaching staff. 
Uh, he's currently at 687 yards, and there are five games left for him to achieve that. That is approximately 62.6 yards per game if he plays every single game from here on out, which I hope, anyways, that he will. And I think he has that fiery passion where he's going to want to get on the field and try to achieve that. He's got to carry this team on his back now that he's the number one well, maybe him and Joe Mixon are tied for 1A, 1B in terms of carrying this offense now that Driscoll is going to be their starting quarterback. So he's he's got to get after it, and uh, I believe in him, and I know A.J. Green's super talented. So like you said, if he's playing, I'm playing him. Let's uh, let's swing on over and talk about Mr. Melvin Gordon. Actually, uh, t- explain Betts exactly what it is that's going on with him and, and what his recovery timetable could be. Yeah, so Gordon – entered the game with uh, a knee injury and a hamstring injury, which sparked a whole debate whether or not he should have even been playing in this game against the Cardinals, who are not a great defense, and they could have won without him. That's all hindsight 2020, of course. This is actually not the same knee that he entered the game with, so this cannot be attributed to him being on the injury report with a left knee injury, and this is an MCL injury to his right knee. Um, So those two have no connection. Totally uh, unfortunate situation where it could have happened any game, any place. Um, he's got a grade two sprain, so it's going to be a two to four week recovery timeline. He is most certainly going to be out this week. He will have a chance to play next week, but to be honest with you, I think that's looking more uh, like it's not going to happen. So if you're counting on Gordon for this week or week 14, I would make other plans um, immediately. Yeah, this is certainly a rough one. And like AJ, but in a much uh, more legitimate sort of situation, the Chargers are really fighting for not not necessarily making the playoffs. I think they're almost guaranteed that unless they combust. But locking up a great spot in the playoffs, they're they're only, I think, one game behind the Chiefs, which is insane. I yeah, think that sounds right. They're 8-3 and, three and yeah, the Chiefs are 9-2. and two. Um, So they could potentially win the division. But even if not, they could certainly lock up the top wildcard spot. So I think that they're going to want to have him in the latter parts of this season, the last couple of games. So hopefully they do get him back and he's up to snuff by then. Yeah, um, I'm worried. I'm really worried that he does come back to play like week 15 or 16 and he's not 100% that last game, but they want to try and you know maintain their position in the wild card situation. So it's it's gonna be tough for me i'm i'm we could talk about the the other running backs here i suppose uh austin eckler i think will be the main beneficiary justin jackson has an opportunity to get some early down work but uh, i feel like they'll lean on eckler because they're more secure in in knowing what he's capable of bringing to this offense how, how do you guys feel about the split between these two yeah i'm definitely on the eckler side um by a good margin i think that justin jackson will get some carries but Eckler will get 15 touches a game while Gordon is out, in my opinion. And I think he can do a lot with them. We actually have a uh, happy fun quiz time with Matt Okada coming up in a little bit. Spoiler alert. And I was oh. going to put something in about him. But then I think I remembered that I'd done that before in a trivia game. But what it was going to be was he's first in the NFL in yards after contact per carry. Second in yards per carry overall to only Aaron Jones wow. among qualified running yeah. backs. And seventh in yards after the catch per reception among all players at all positions. And people might remember back to the week that uh, Gordon sat out and he kind of struggled. But if you remember, that was against the Titans, who certainly at that point were one of the best run Ds in football. Last 
or Monday night. Yeah, Monday night it didn't look like that, but at that point they definitely no. were. Um, so I I don't I'm not too concerned about that one showing, and I think he has easy RB one potential every week that Gordon's out. All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and move on and talk about Mr. Evan Ingram, who has suffered a hamstring injury, and apparently he wasn't going to play last week, but we didn't find out until about an hour after kickoff. Did that frustrate <laughs> any either of you two? Uh, I can I can definitely share the frustration with people that would have been starting him, but, I mean, how could you have been starting him? He had just been miserable for the last few weeks before that, yeah. so uh, I chose another option over him obviously not knowing with the hamstring injury because he suffered it during the pregame warm-up and then you could see him just standing on the sideline the entire time I thought it was super uh ironic and honestly kind of embarrassing uh the Fox team that was covering the game didn't even know why he wasn't playing meanwhile all of us Joe Schmoes on Twitter knew the answer (laughs) yeah very frustrating um hamstrings we talked about them all year they're terrible Let's just remove him from the human body. That way you can't injure yeah, him. You don't right? even need him. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think it works that and way. He, he, by the way, he did not um, practice today. Okay. Yeah. Things are not looking good for him. Uh, I think this gives a little bump to Sterling Shepard going forward. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? I like it. And he's actually very high. I believe it's top 15 in red zone targets this year in the league. Um, I don't have the mm. number in front of me, but I noticed it today or a little earlier when I was looking around at stuff. So there's a good chance he, he gets a few touchdowns in the last few weeks of the season. Yeah, I do like him moving forward. I will say I feel like I've been burned by Shepard these last few weeks because he's had great matchups to do work in when Ingram wasn't even really doing much, um, and he kind of really has disappointed. So I do hope that he can turn it around. I will say really sneaky desperate barfy tight end Rhett Ellison looked great last week in uh in Ingram's absence I think he went five for 77 so uh if you're I love Rhett Ellison if you're desperate I mean you gotta be really desperate but if you are I I I like him because he used to be on the Vikings that's really the only reason he sounds like a sheriff from like the 1800s (laughs) I'm Rhett Ellison (laughs) yeah um I don't play any Red Dead Redemption 2, but I imagine he'd be a good mm, character in that game. True. All right, let's go ahead and talk about another injured tight end. This one's done for the year. Jack Doyle has a kidney injury. He got popped popped pretty good, apparently. I, to be honest, I don't even know what play caused this, but Betts, did you, did you hear anything yeah, about this? Yeah, it was in the fourth quarter. He caught a short pass from Luck and kind of turned to go upfield, and a linebacker came at his left lower back region and kind of hit him with a pretty good shot there, which is where your kidneys are located. So it's a direct blow to the kidney. Um, you can see him in pain. He came off the field for a few plays and then came back in, I think, for like one or two plays and then was out. Uh, you knew something wasn't <laughs> right. And uh, later found out that he is going to be on IR with that kidney injury, which ironically, Andrew Luck also had a kidney injury a few years back. So something in, something in the water there yeah. in, uh, in Indy. Is it, well, I was going to say even uh, Keenan Allen had that lacerated kidney. Is yeah. it pretty in, in line with that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, that I cannot imagine going back in and playing with, like, a broken organ. <laughs> it's just – that sounds terrible. I don't even want to play NFL football healthy, much less. Yeah. Like On another that. level of uh, toughness there for Mr. Doyle. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's go through some quick hitting injury news here. Uh, actually, kind of a bigger one. Marvin Jones went to injured reserve. Uh, now all they have left is Kenny Galladay and Bruce Ellington, maybe, but uh, nothing super exciting there. They actually have a rough playoff uh, matchup schedule too. You guys have any thoughts on that? I know Okada does. 
Um, later, later, right? Yeah, I, I, oh, I do have something later. about that. This is certainly unfortunate, pretty much for everybody, um, especially for yeah. Marvin Jones owners. All right. Uh, also, we have Marlon Mack and concussion protocol. Sounds like we won't find out any more information on that until later in the week. So keep tabs on him. And we also have Jeff Hourglass on <laughs> injured reserve. I'm just going to give up. I'm, <laughs> Hireman. I'm going to forget everything. I want to say Hoyerman. Say, I don't know why. Hourglass and I'll say Hireman and we'll get all the bases covered. <laughs> well, he's on, I'll tell you what. He's on injured reserve. So how about True. I just never That's say his name point. again? It'll be, it'll be 2021. We're still doing the pod. Kent still can't get it right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and what what was his injury that sent him to injured reserve? He has uh, a bruised lung and multiple broken ribs, so he took a, a nasty shot to the core and rib region, and uh, yeah, really messed him up good. So he's going to be out, uh, like you said, for the rest of the year. Ow! All right, and then finally we have Traquan Smith practicing in limited fashion. They play Thursday night, so keep an eye on him. Yeah, Kent. Just to let you know, he actually was removed from the team's final report, so he is good to go for Thursday night football. Oh, that's even better news. With that news, let's go into a game show. Hey, welcome to another happy fun quiz time with Fantasy Sensei slash me, Okada. Um, all right, so there's going to be three questions and a bonus question potentially depending on what happens. And oh whoever gets more questions right will be the winner. And the prize is that you will be the best. And that's it. All right. <laughs> All right. Question number one. Only one team has topped 225 rushing yards in consecutive games this season. Ravens. Yes. Lamar Kent, Jackson, come out on. Out the gate hot. And I thought you might get this because of what you said about looking into the Ravens offense over the last two weeks. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah. In fact, they've topped 240 both the, both those weeks in rushing yards. 225 is just gets them the, the only one. But they've topped 240 both times. It's been insane. Gus Bus combined for – that's uh, Gus Edwards, by the way. 233 <laughs> yards in those two games. And Lamar Jackson, 189. So, I was going to wow. say, you got me. I'm on the Gus bus. Yeah, I'm on I the Gus bus now. Bus. Uh, it's official. Finally. Uh, yeah, yeah. and they face a Falcons defense this week that's allowing the eighth most rushing yards this season. So both of them are auto starts, in my opinion. Yeah. Kent's Gus, got one point. Gus Edmonds was, was he, almost my start of the week. Yeah. Ooh. He's, uh, I'm loving it because I was on the bus from the beginning. All right. Question number two. All right. This one you're going to have to pay attention to. All right. You might even get on notepad. Here we go. Okay. Since week six, three wide receivers have met all of the following benchmarks. All right? Three receivers. Here are the benchmarks. More yards per game than Kenny Galladay. More yards per reception than Adam Thielen. More touchdowns than Keenan Allen. And a higher catch percentage than Julio Jones and Tyler Boyd. The first two receivers are Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. Who is the third? All right, so I'm going to give you the, the benchmarks the start again, really quick. <laughs> more yards per game than Kenny Galladay. More yards per reception than Adam Thielen. More touchdowns than Keenan Allen. And a higher catch percentage than Julio and Tyler Boyd. Did you hear my answer? No. Juju Smith-Schuster. No. Oh, that's a Ooh, good not one. Not Juju Smith-Schuster. That is a great guess. Oh, man. We might need some clues on this one, Kent. <laughs> All right, I have oh. one clue. I have one clue. There's a solid chance that oh, neither... Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, yes. Tyler Lockett. 
No. But that is another excellent guess. All right, here's my clue. There's a solid chance that neither QB he's caught passes from this season will be his team's starter next season. Mike Evans. No, but that is very, very close. Oh, oh my God. Adam Humphreys. No, but you're getting warmer. (laughs) Adam Humphreys. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? No, I am not kidding you. Adam Humphreys has been cray-cray since week six. Uh, I think... I think at this point, he's a solid wide receiver three. And in case you're wondering the breakdown between uh, Winston and Fitz, Winston has targeted him 18.8% of his passes. Fitz targeted him 10.6%. So there's a chance that he gets better moving forward if he can continue this relationship with Winston. Crazy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, I'm surprised. Actually, I might need to change something I was writing this evening now Ooh. because I've heard that. There you go. Yeah, that's, I like that. So. Very All right. good. All right. So this is the last one, and we're going to do this one family feud style. It's tied, so this is excellent. All right. So uh, hopefully everyone knows how to play family feud. I'm going to read the question. You shout out your first answer. If you get it, you get a choice to pass or play. Oh, God. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So here's the question. Since week seven, so over the second half of the season, eight running backs are averaging more non-PPR fantasy points per game than their team's starting quarterback. Uh, Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay oh. is correct. He is averaging 16.2. Keenum <laughs> is averaging 12.7. So you've gotten one of the eight. Do you want to pass it to Kent or play? I can't believe I came up with that answer, so I've got to pass it. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, Kent. You get three okay. strikes. <laughs> what, so, will, you give, will you say it one more time, and I'm going to thank while you say it? And I'm yes. going to Google it Over while you say Over the second it. half of the season, so since week seven, eight running backs are averaging more non-PPR fantasy points per game than their team's starting quarterback. Betts has already taken Philip Lindsay over Case Keenum. Okay, so there's seven more. Yes. I'll take, I'll try since week seven? Yes. Nick Chubb? No. Baker has really? been good enough that that is yeah, not true. He has. One I wasn't sure if he had any, enough down weeks. Um... Oh, geez, this is hard. Oh, man. I was not prepared for this. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's good running backs and bad quarterbacks. Yeah, I know. I need. Can I just pull up like a list of teams? <laughs> yes, you can pull up a list of teams. I will I allow just wanna, it. I want to look at uh, all the – once I have those – okay. I got, so I just thought of one seeing the team. Saquon Barkley. Yes, Saquon Barkley, 19.6. Eli Manning, 16.8. All right, and then I will go with Joe Mixon. No. Oh, yes, sorry, yes. Yeah, yes, I was going to say. He's, yeah. he's the last one on the list. 13.2 over Dalton's 12.5. Wow, Dalton has been so bad. Wow. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. The sense we – okay, let's go with Zeke. No. Dak has also been good enough. That's God, two strikes. Been good enough. One more strike. I thought Zeke was you have good two enough. Right Dang. So far. This is hard. Um, Todd Gurley. No. Jared yeah, Goff has also sure. been good enough, so that's not true. Three strikes. So, God, that's hard. Right. Rules of Family Feud bets you can steal the points if you get one right. Oh, right I only now. have to get one. Yes. So you steal the, these are the rules. I don't know why these are the rules of Family Feud, but these are the rules. <laughs> I love it. Uh, this is going to be a risky selection, but I think it is correct. Aaron Jones. That 
is correct. Dang and it. the reason that I put this question in, Aaron Jones is averaging 17.6 points per game. Aaron Rodgers, 17.3. It's Aaron Rodgers has been bad. Yeah. I mean, for him. So, okay, the, the other ones you guys didn't get, by the way, carry on Johnson over Matt Stafford. So, really? speaking of how bad Matt Stafford is, yes. Wow. Carry on 13.2, Stafford 12.6. Fournette over Bortles and Kessler, you guys probably should have gotten. That was my next guess if I didn't get See, I didn't know if I didn't know if Leonard Fournette had played enough games. He, there was Are no minimum. So he's averaged 21.9 oh, per average, game in the games. He's I suppose, yeah. I almost yeah, said and him. Then anyway. Melvin Gordon just edged out Philip Rivers. Both of them have played well, but I just I skipped him. him. Yeah. David Johnson edged out Josh Rosen. Okay. And that is all of them. You guys got the rest. So Betts okay. wins the game, which means that Kent has to answer this bonus question. Oh, my. Kent, since 2001, the Vikings have scored their fewest points per game and allowed their most points per game against the same team, and it is one of only two teams that they have not beaten over that span. Who is that team? Is it? Wait. Is it the Bills? No, it is not the Bills. Oh, you, you said what What was the in the last two games we've played them? Since 2001. Oh, since two, oh, geez. Um, yes, they've allowed the most points, scored the fewest points, and have not beaten them. Yeah, the Saints. No, I'll give you the answer. It is the Patriots who they play on Sunday. Boo! It all comes Ooh. full circle. Boo! I hate this game. <laughs> I I quit. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. No, that was good. That's good stuff. That was a good all one, right. That's that's all. Be- uh, Bets is the winner. Good job, Bet's, uh, you know what? You Let's much. go on to a game. Let's go on to a game that I can actually win. <laughs> I bet you twenty bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. We're going on to the over under segment, and uh, last week we had some fun with some uh, Thanksgiving themed selections. We did a little uh, draft type situation for our flex. So I'll go over that real quick. We're talking about Cam Newton at quarterback, Matt Breida at running back, AJ Green, who did not play at wide receiver, so that's going to be a wash. And then Jared Cook at tight end, and then we did our little. Our little flex draft where I had Breeze and Zeke. Okada had Matt Ryan and Julio. And Betts had Matt Stafford and Michael Thomas. I literally think I scored like six points combined. It was (laughs) 5.44 points combined for Betts. Oh, Oh, excuse me. Nope. Sorry. Hold on. Sorry. I I was not scrolled over. He had 11.24 points. Okay. All right. Uh, Okada. With Matt Ryan and Julio had 38.98 points. And with Breeze and Zeke, I was the winner with 43.24 points. Close. So uh, let's go back over the other ones. I got two right. I was correct on Cam Newton and Breida and incorrect on Cook. Okada was incorrect on Newton and was correct on Breida and Cook. And then Betts was actually right on all three other selections. So... That is going to be a total of three for me, two for Okada, three for Betts, bringing the total to 31 for me, 24 for Okada, and 28 for Betts. Going in to week 13. We are uh, on the final stretch here, gentlemen. It's close-ish. I (laughs) have decided to introduce a slightly different variation, but very similar in nature for this week's selections. We are going to be picking between two dudes for every single position. So, you have a little bit more to kind of think about here. Two matchups to deal with. 
Let's get into them. Up first at quarterback, we have Lamar Jackson playing at Atlanta, going against Kirk Cousins, who is playing at New England. We just got those little fun facts about the Vikings, but Kirk Cousins was so never on the fun. Vikings when that happened. So <laughs> true. <laughs> Uh, both these guys are within point one of the same projections, so let's start with bets on this one. Which of these two quarterbacks will you pick in Week 13? Yeah, this is a really tough one. I mean, the projections are basically identical, and uh, I would feel equally comfortable playing these if this was a choice I had to make. Uh, I'm going to go with the higher rushing floor. I'll take Lamar Jackson. I don't know how you can move away from what he's doing right now, and it's uh, it's been fantasy gold so far, so I think that continues. All right. Yeah, I am going to go the same route. If this was over-under, I'd take the over on both of these guys, by the way. But I think that Lamar Jackson will probably get a touchdown through the air and the ground. Top 75 yards rushing again. That's just too much with the way that rushing is scored for Kirk to top him. So, give me Jackson. Uh, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to catch up in points here. I'm going with my homeboy, Kirk Cousins. He's going to go ahead and stump your your cute little stats. Okay. Oh. Yeah, they're, they're, he, you know, he just doesn't care about them. That's nothing to him. So he's going to go out there and stomp the Patriots. Uh, but in reality, it's probably going to be a lot of passing in this game. Patriots are probably going to score. Vikings are probably going to score. Uh, I'd probably take the over on the game total. I haven't looked at it, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be a high-scoring game. And I'm all about it. So I'm going to take Kirk Cousins here. I do like Lamar. I think he has a good floor. Uh, We haven't seen the upside yet, though, and I know Kirk has that. So let's go over to the running back position. Uh, We're actually doing Matt Breida again, which I didn't realize at the time. I kind of just did this quickly, but it's too late to change the doc now. So I mean, last week he was Matt Breida, so that's kind of a different different guy. Yeah, this is a totally different guy. So um, (laughs) he is going to be playing at Seattle, and he is going up against... Nick Chubb, who is playing at Houston, and they are uh, both projected for the exact same amount, 13.9. So, Okada, which one Uh, do you want? I don't want to make this choice, really, but since I have to, I'm going to take the better running back, in my opinion, which is Nick Chubb. Also, apparently, the better receiver, because he's a Randy Moss Oh, what a catch. coming of Randy Moss. Yeah. yeah. Yep. If you guys haven't watched that highlight of Nick Chubb completely dominating someone, catching the ball behind the defender's back, oh, you should go sick. out and find it. So I will take Nick Chubb in this one. Um, I, I probably might take the under on both these guys, but I, will, I think Nick Chubb has a little better chance. Yeah, I don't love the matchup for either of these guys. Houston's been so good on the ground, so it feels wrong to take Chubb in this matchup, but I do think he's going to get more total opportunities to touch the ball and when it's this close and you're splitting hairs i'll take the running back who i think is going to get a few more touches so i will take nick chubb as well and once again i'm gonna flip when you guys flop i'm going with mm. matt Breda, not Breda this time and uh i was excited about him last week he performed very well he did not get a touchdown but he still uh went over that 15 point mark last week i think he's just been you know used on the ground used in the passing game He's getting a lot of yards, and so if he gets a touchdown, I think this is going to be an excellent outing for him, 20-point uh, type situation. And the Seahawks are they're good, but they're not like as good as the Houston Texans are. So uh, I'm going to take Breed in this one. Swinging over to the wide receiver position, we're going to go with a guy coming off the bye week, Josh Reynolds, the wide receiver for the Rams, playing at Detroit. He is going up against Tyler Lockett, playing at home 
against the San Francisco 49ers. Both guys projected for 10.3 points. I'll go ahead and start this one. Uh, Tyler Lockett has been really hot lately, and Josh Reynolds was pretty hot himself when he came or when he came in and filled in the role for Cooper Cup. I'm going to go with Josh Reynolds of these two. I think that um, well, Tyler Lockett's been good. He's been kind of uh, benefiting from the fact that Doug Baldwin hasn't been himself, but I think that is on the up and up, which uh, I, I, I kind of went over a little bit in this week's episode, or excuse me, not episode, uh, article on snap counts, but I like Josh Reynolds here, and I'm going to go with him. I'll oh. go ahead next. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and flip the switch on this one. I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. Uh, his touchdown efficiency has been crazy, which obviously, you know, we keep saying that's not going to happen, that's not going to happen. But it just keeps happening, so I'm going to stay with the hot hand here. Um, He only has three games this year without a touchdown, and San Francisco has given up 15 touchdowns wide receivers so far this year, which is a pretty high number. Um, I like the odds of him finding the end zone once again. Yeah, I'm uh, going to keep our little trend of Betts and I versus Kent going and go Tyler Lockett here. This could be a big swing week. It could be. I I honestly like both of these guys a lot. Um, neither one should really get the, the opposing team's top corner, and the opposing team has a decent top corner and not really much else. Uh, they're both past defenses are kind of struggling overall. Uh, but kind of what Bet said about Lockett, he's just been too hot. Reynolds certainly has looked good in very, very, very limited sample size. But since it's so limited, I think I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. However, I would be potentially able to be convinced to go Reynolds over Lockett rest of season because I think they're going to continue to work Reynolds in more and more and more uh, Mm. as they push towards the playoffs but I'll take Lockett in this game all right awesome let's swing over to our tight end position where we have George Kittle playing again at Seattle going against Eric Ebron who is playing at Jacksonville both are projected for approximately 10 points in half PPR formats so Okada, swing back to you. Which one do you want this week and why? Man, if this was a non-PPR, <laughs> it would be an easy answer, Eric Ebron. If this was a full PPR, it would be an easy answer, George Kittle. But it's a half PPR, which makes it much more difficult. However, I'm going to go with the guy that I think is now the number three tight end in fantasy moving forward. And that's Eric Ebron. With Jack Doyle out, and we didn't jump into Ebron too much when we mentioned Doyle, but that just means that Ebron's target count is going to go up, and the efficiency he's been dominating with on the low target count he's had for most of the season has been insane. He's tied for the league league in touchdowns, so now with more targets, I still think George Kittle probably out-targets him a little bit, but Luck is, A, dominating as well. He Oh, Okay, I, I won't go into that. It's too much extra information, but he's dominating. Just trust me. <laughs> and he loves his tight ends. So, yeah, Ebron for me easily, and I would take Ebron over anybody but Ertz and Kelsey pretty much every week rest of season. Wow. Yeah, Okada, when you were mentioning that you were going to take the tight end three you know, for fantasy purposes moving forward, I thought you were going uh, Kittle because he's been so good. Ooh. But yeah, I mean the opportunity with Ebron. I'm I'm with you again. This is boring. But Andrew Luck <laughs> three plus t- plus touchdown passes in eight straight games that he's played, dating back all the way to Week Four. The last time he hasn't had three or more was Week Three. So I don't know how you can't say it. at least one of those is going to Ebron. Um, I'm going to take him this week because I think he does find the end zone once again. Wait, so you both went Ebron? 
Yes. Well, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we're all going to match this time because I also think that oh. Ebron's going to be going huge now that Jack Doyle is out. I think Mo Ali Cox gets involved, but how? I mean, Eric Ebron's on the pace for well, not on the pace, but he's on pace for the second overall single season touchdown record uh, for tight ends, I believe it is, or is it all players? Yes. No. This- Tight yeah, end. just tight That's ends. Correct. Gronk had eighteen. He's on yeah, pace yeah, yeah. So he's on he's on a really strong paces here. They're going to try and force him the ball in the red zone, and uh, I like him a lot. Obviously, we we enjoyed or we liked him before the season started. So uh, I got to go all in. I love Kittle too, and I wish I could take both. I'd start both if I had a flex spot available for him. To be perfectly honest, so but we're all going Ebron. And now on to our flex position. I tried to decide between a running back and a wide receiver that were both looking really good this week. And I decided between Joe Mixon playing at home against Denver, uh, going up against Mike Evans playing at home against Carolina. Both are in the 14.5 to 14.7 range for projections. So, bets, which one you want? We've only seen, you know, partial game with Jeff Driscoll under center so obviously this is going to be a downgrade to the offense chance AJ Green doesn't come back so if he doesn't I'm worried about that as well as you know for for mixing here I'll take Evans this game definitely has shootout potential um, and I believe that he definitely has a higher ceiling in this game so I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Jameis Winston's number one wide receiver well, I don't know if I'd agree with that last part. I was waiting for that. Adam Humphrey's <laughs> life. <laughs> Just kidding. Fine, I'll but, take his wide receiver uh, too. But I will agree with you and take Mike Evans here. Um, uh-huh. I agree this is probably going to be a shootout. The Panthers have not been great at covering uh, receivers or the passing game in general. And the Broncos, who a lot of our listeners might have this concept in their mind that they're horrible against the run because they were horrible against the run for the first half of the year or so. But they have completely turned it around and have been very strong against running backs recently. So I think Joe Mixon will have a tougher time than he has recently and also agree that the offense as a whole could be in a little bit in trouble. So I'll go Mike Evans here. I really like everybody in this game, actually, from the uh, Tampa Bay pass catching core, as you've heard on Humphreys and will hear on someone else shortly. Mm. Mm. Well, again, I'm flipping when you guys flop it. I'm going with Joe Mixon because <laughs> with uh, a, an inexperienced quarterback under center and potentially A.J. Green back in the offense, I think that's going to leave kind of like the sides and middle of the field open. I think there's going to be a lot of dump-off potential in this game, and I think that they're going to get Mixon going around the outside. He's been very involved in the passing game, and I, you know, I kind of thought Giovanni Bernard was going to be kind of swinging back in his old place, but really he hasn't. It's been all Mixon. So with Jeff Driscoll under center, I think that's going to lead to a lot of dump-offs, and uh, they're going Joe Mixon's way. So, yeah. So with that being said, we have all our picks locked in for the over-under segment, and now we need to go on to our starts of the week. Drivers, start your engines! Uh, Like I said earlier in the episode, a lot of people have their season on the line this week, one shot to get into their playoffs. It's it's all over the place. One opportunity. In some of my oh, oh don't even get me started. <laughs> That's a great song. Um, but yeah, it's it. This week matters in an in, in insane amount because I I I'm in several leagues where there's like five or six teams at six or seven wins, and 
like any three of them could make into the playoffs out of, out of that group. So it's incredible. We got to get some good starts of the week in here for him. Let's start with bets here. Give him your start of the week. Gosh, Kent, setting up the stage, no pressure. Like, don't don't let anyone down this week. Uh, that's my goal. I hope, hopefully not. <laughs> I'm going to roll with Corey Davis this week, and he has been red hot as of late. There's a couple reasons why I like him a lot. He's been so good the past few weeks that even if you include the week where Marcus Mariota left early for injury, he I think he only had a couple of catches and you know didn't even top 50 yards. It was a it was a dud. Even with that week, he's been wide receiver 13 from weeks nine to 12. So he has been on fire, um, and he is finally doing what we drafted him to be, which is a wide receiver two, uh, upside wide receiver one. He gets to play the Jets. They have allowed seven touchdowns to opposing wide receivers over the past seven games. Um, so they're giving up to the wide receiver position as of late. Uh, and over the past three games, when Mariota has fully been healthy and playing, this is the stat line. 17 receptions, 277 yards, and two touchdowns. That is weeks 9, 10, um, and 12. So I like that Mariota is finally showing us what he could be in this offense. Earlier in the year, Okada, you and I were talking about, is this guy even going to be a starter next year? He's totally flipped the switch. The other thing is, last week we saw a lot more checkdowns from Mariota, which I think was a result of him recovering from that nerve injury. And we're now another week past it. And so my concerns regarding that are pretty much squashed at this point. Uh, this is a totally different nerve injury than what he was dealing with previously. Uh, so I love Corey Davis this week with Mark, Marcus Mariota playing at full strength. And I think they opened the playbook up even more to allow uh, Corey Davis to do what he's done the past few weeks. So give me Corey Davis this week. Start him as your wide receiver too. Oh, scary. I, no, I not man. scary. Confident. <laughs> it's, it's scary. I, I sure would not want to have to rely on Corey Davis because while his upside is high, he has a great chance at disappearing. Ho- I, I'm going to hope with you that, a healthy Mariota is what matters, but if I had a safer option in the in a week that matters this much, I'd probably go that way. So I don't know if I can fully get on board with you, Bets. It's all right, man. Just remember when Dalvin found the end zone last week. and uh, Ooh, was right. quality <laughs> shots. Um, I like it. I like Corey Davis. Uh, Taewon Taylor is actually returning to practice this week. I think he's potentially playing uh, as well. I'd have to double-check that, but... You know, honestly, that's that's good news for Corey Davis because one of his biggest problems recently has been he's just been covered because there's not many other pass-catching options. So getting someone else out there next to him is probably going to be helpful, even though he might not see as many targets. They're going to be of higher quality. And Taewon Taylor is a guy who's talented, although inexperienced, and, and is someone that's still capable of big plays. So that supports Corey Davis. I like Corey Davis as a, as a talent perspective. And uh, I'm all for it. I think after last week, uh, you're pretty excited about him. I'm pretty excited about him. This offense has been struggling, and they've kind of finally hit a groove. Corey Davis is part of that offense, and he's going to hit his groove too. I like it. Corey, don't let me down. All right, well, I'll go ahead and swing in next here and give you my start of the week. I kind of alluded to it earlier. It's in the wake of Leonard Fournette being suspended for one game. That means we have one opportunity to play TJ Yeldon this week. I am I'm honestly I'm very pumped because quick quiz for you guys. Weeks one through seven, what rank was TJ Yeldon among running backs in half point? He was so good. I'm gonna say wide receiver or sorry, running back uh like seven or eight, somewhere around there. I'll go 
14. Well, he was running back nine weeks one through seven. He was only a starter for, I believe it was four of those games. So he's always going to have the pass catching ability to kind of back up you know, not having too many rushing attempts, but when he took over Leonard Fournette during his injury stint, uh, he was he was doing awesome. He had some big games, pulled some twenty point games in there, and he has an opportunity to do it again. Yes, Carlo Hyde is in town. He's new to the system, as bad as that system may be, but I think that this team is going to be behind because their defense has regressed as well. I think that they're going to be trying to play catch up, and Cody Kessler is going to be the starting quarterback who does not take as many deep shots as Blake Bortles does. He's much more of a dink and dunks type of quarterback, and I think that plays right into T.J. Yeldon's hands. We're talking like a 10-reception game here for this guy, and I think that's going to be his floor as far – or not, not his number of receptions, but his getting receptions is going to be a nice floor for him. He's been kind of, kind of quiet the last two weeks playing against tougher defenses, but against Indianapolis, uh, it's – they're they're okay, but they're not tough enough to really truly worry about him in terms of defense perspective. So I think he gets lots of touches in this game, probably 15 or more, uh, most of them being pass catches. So I'm excited about him this week. Yeah, I, I definitely prefer the Yeldon side of this. We mentioned it kind of at the top. But A, I think he's a better running back than Carlos Hyde. B, they also fired their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. They're just blowing everything yeah. up out there in Jacksonville. Yep. And I am i didn't have time to confirm it just now, but I'm almost positive that they promoted their running backs coach as the interim offensive coordinator. Whether they did or not, I think that this offense can only get more creative from where it's been because it's been just slam it up the middle with Leonard Fournette 30 times a game. So with that potential, I think Yeldon is a much better option for creativity than Hyde is. So I really like Yeldon this week. I'm on board with you there, and I certainly prefer him over Hyde, and I would not start Hyde even if you went out and tried to pick him up as a hopeful fill-in. Yeah, I think you got a, you got all the support here for the fellow red shirts, Kent. We've talked about it already you know, on the waiver pod and on, on here. That passing floor is just so safe. So yeah, absolutely, as a flex play or a running back too, um, yeah, I have no problem starting him this week. I like that a lot. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited about him as well. So I, I grabbed him in a couple leagues. I'm excited to play him. So let's swing over to Okada. Tell us your start of the week. Yeah, so <clears throat> I gave a slight mention earlier as to who I'd be going with, and it's another Buccaneer, not Adam Humphreys or Mike Evans, but Cameron Bright. To be clear, by the way, I would start all those other guys and Jameis Winston, but I think that Evans and Winston were a little too obvious, and Humphreys I already spoke on in length, so I chose Cameron Braid for my start of the week. And here's why. First of all, just as all three of us expected when we told you guys to pick him up last week, he caught a touchdown last week in his game with O.J. Howard on IR and Jameis Winston back under center. Boom. Cameron Braid touchdown. It's going to keep happening. Uh, for reference, Winston has targeted him 16 times this season. Uh, obviously, he hasn't. Winston has not been the starter that much, and Howard got a lot of the work when Winston was in. But on those 16 targets, he's hauled in 11 catches for 105 yards and three touchdowns, all of which are better than his numbers were with Fitz. There also looks to be no D-Jax this week, which takes another target out of that. Uh, receiving core. Not that it matters that much because Winston hates Djax, apparently, but it's, you know, more targets for Brayton. Yeah, they, they're uh, not friends. <laughs> no. And 
In my mind, that makes Brait the number three behind Evans and Humphreys, which normally might not be great. But in this offense, that is a very nice position to hold. They have by far the most passing yards per game this season and the fourth most passing touchdowns, which you maybe don't quite realize because you can't identify a great quarterback as a fantasy player, obviously. But that's just because they throw a ton of picks and get replaced by the other one all the time. As a duo, they are throwing for tons of yards and touchdowns, which means there's all plenty of work to go around. Finally, this matchup is as juicy as it gets. The Panthers' defense has allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends this season, including nine touchdowns, which is the most in the NFL to the position. I would start Brait over everyone but Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, and Ebron this week and i'd consider him over gronk although i probably wouldn't do it because he's yeah but i believe he has a better chance at a touchdown than gronk and probably better chance at touchdown than anyone but ebron and maybe kelsey so definitely a tight end starter and i think he's even viable as a flex yeah i love it man i am all aboard with cameron Bray. i mentioned this stat uh on the waiver pod as well over the past three seasons, 18 receiving touchdowns, which is five more than Gronk. So it's it's money, man. It, it happens. Winston throws it to Brayton in the end zone, and good things happen for fantasy. So I love it. And actually, in the listener league, I am uh, heavily considering starting Cameron Bray as my flex. And I've got some other pretty good matchups there and, and players to play. So I like him that much that I'm willing to throw him in there, uh, like you said, as a flex. Uh, over under three and a half touchdowns rest of the season. We're entering week 13, uh, which means four, four there's going to be... Counting week 17, I'll take the over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll take the well, over as well. Oh, I was going to go... Okay, so four and a half if we're counting week 17. Oh, I'm, I'm talking oh. fantasy weeks, but that, that'll work too. Okay, then it's... Oh, that's close. I'll I don't say, think he's going to catch one say, I'll take the under on that. Yeah, I'm going to go under. <laughs> like we're we're going with four. Much. Four touchdowns it is. So, um, <laughs> all right, good. Yeah, I, no, I, I like that pick a lot. I think he's the main red zone option now. So that's pretty awesome. Let's go ahead and talk about our sits of the week. Why do you do this to me? I'm benching you, Lewis. I don't want to hear word out of you. Sit down. It's, you gotta, you gotta bench guys. If you're going to start other guys, you have to bench different guys. It's how it works. You swap them out. We do it all the time. So let's say you're throwing in a Corey Davis, a TJ Yeldon, a camera braid. Who are you sitting? Bets. We'll start with you. Yeah. One guy that I think, you know, if you would have looked back on this season at the start of the season and said, this running back is going to have all the opportunity in the world to do what he's done on a limited basis and just exponentially do that much more. I'm talking about Tevin Coleman. You know, he's been so uh, valuable as the second fiddle to Devonta Freeman. And Freeman is now on IR and we've said, okay, Coleman is the guy. He has an opportunity to showcase what he can do with an every down type of role. And it just hasn't been great. I mean, it's been serviceable. He's been okay as running back too. And, you know, it's one of those situations that I don't know about you guys, if you own Coleman anywhere, but I just feel like every time I play him, I'm holding my breath, just waiting for him to get in the end zone. Because if he doesn't, he absolutely ruins your week. Um, And I hate that out of my players, especially this time of the year. So I'm sitting Tevin Coleman this week. He hasn't had a rushing touchdown since week seven. Um, And the the touchdown receptions really have been the, the thing that's been saving you in fantasy. But he gets a a tough matchup this week. He's playing the Ravens, and they're giving up the second-fewest points to running backs, third-fewest total rush yards on the year, uh, and just 3.9 a carry. So all things point to Coleman having a terrible game on the ground. I don't want to rely on him catching a touchdown pass, especially 
against Baltimore, who they've only allowed two receiving touchdowns to running backs on the year, that being Christian McCaffrey and James Conner. And I like Coleman as a player, but he is not those guys. So I'm sitting Coleman this week, uh, and I'm going to play Gus Edwards over him in the same matchup. Mm, I say luckily uh, in a bad way because I'm out of the playoffs, but luckily I don't have to care about whether or not I'm starting Tevin Coleman on the one team I have him. So, uh, yeah, I I feel he's just been difficult to peg. He's in this league in particular, he's running back 15, but he doesn't feel like he is. You know, I mean, he just doesn't feel like a running back two to me. He he has like big weeks and then kind of mediocre weeks, and it's just kind of frustrating. So I'm with you on this one. Maybe you uh, you play a little TJ Yeldon over him. Well, let's week? see. Uh, on this on this particular team, I can uh, pick Corey Davis or him. So I think I'm going to go with Corey Davis instead. Ooh. Oh, I would fully I would fully endorse that. Fully endorse. Great call, Ken. <laughs> All right, I made the switch, and uh, let's uh, let's swing it over to Okada. Tell me who your sit of the week is. All right, so another guy I foreshadowed a little bit earlier. This is an episode of foreshadowing, and it is Matthew Stafford. He has been awful. Straight doo-doo. Since week four, he has failed to top 18 fantasy points a single time over that span in, in four point uh, per passing touchdown leagues. And he's had one game with three TDs all season and has seven turnovers in his last six games. The loss of Golden Tate and now the loss of Mar- Marvin Jones have pretty much straight murdered his fantasy value. He's got none left. And the reason that I brought him in here as a start of the, a start of the week. Don't start it. <laughs> a sit of the week is because he's playing the Rams this week. And I feel like listeners, our lovely listeners out there, might look at that and say, oh my, a savior matchup coming in for Matthew Stafford late in the season when I need him most. I've been waiting all year. And here are the Rams, who he's going to have to throw a ton on, and their defense has not been great against the pass. Here's the thing. They're getting a... Well, I believe that they're getting a keep to lead back Mm. this week. We're not positive yet. But they designated him to return from IR, and all signs are looking good for them to get a key to lead back. And that is a huge deal. I honestly think it turns their defense from porous to dominant in a snap of the fingers. Uh, as a quick reminder, they have allowed 272 pass yards per game since Talib hit IR, which is the fifth worst in the league. In the three games where Tlaib was playing at the start of the season, they allowed 199 per game, which was the sixth best in the league. That is the difference he makes. He is an elite cornerback who can take out your number one guy, which in this case is Kenny Galladay, and then leaves pretty much no one for Stafford to target. I think he may honestly hit 40 pass attempts in this game because obviously he's going to be trailing, but a ton of them are going to go to the ground or the Rams. And I think he finishes with something like 250 yards, a passing touchdown, and at least one interception. And that simply is not going to cut it with the depth of quarterback uh, this season and in general. Sit the heck out of Stafford. I tell you what, last week he uh, also might have cost me my buy. I'm trying to pull up the score he had for me real quick. Uh, nope, I won't be able to find it fast. But I think it was negative like .5 or something. It was bad. So I'm pretty jaded about Matt yep. Stafford right now. Uh, unfortunately, I kind of have to start him, so we'll see. But uh, let's see. Would you play him over Derek Carr? No. Oh, why would you play either? Really? No, well, no, no, no. Go, go elsewhere. <laughs> because it's a two-quarterback <laughs> league, and I have Mayfield oh, okay, and okay. one of uh, Carr or Stafford. So. Asking for a friend. Yeah. Fair enough. Asking All right. for a friend. Yeah. I would start Carr. 
Anyway. Uh, who do the Raiders get this week? The Raiders are playing against the Chiefs at home. I would take Carr as a garbage time type of guy. Mm, interesting. Well, you just made that a sticky situation for me, so thanks a lot. No, I'm just kidding. You are welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, my seat of the week this week is going to be from the same game as my start of the week. It's going to be Marlon Mack. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the episode he's in that concussion protocol going against the Jaguars, who are currently number one against the run. So they're very stout there. Um, I don't ex- – I mean, I expect the Raiders – excuse me, the Raiders. We are just talking about the Raiders. But I expect the Colts to be up big in this game against the Jaguars. Um, and, and well, they could use Marlon Mack to run out the clock. I don't really think they need to considering he's kind of banged up at the moment. So – He'll get some usage, so if he doesn't find the end zone, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of volume there for him. And that you know, I think they're they're going to pass on the Jaguars, who their secondary has really regressed this this year from last year, and it's definitely not their strong point on defense anymore. And so I think Colts going to excuse me, uh, Andrew Luck's going to rip them up, and you know, Ebron. We're talking about him being a great play. I think it's all the passing options, T.Y. Hilton. It's just not going to be Marlon Mack this week. So I'm going to sit him down and let him rest up and uh, wait for better matchups going forward. So kind of you, Kent, to just sit him down and let him rest. I'll just sit him down. Put, just sit, take, a, take a seat over <laughs> Don't here. Don't you wish at, at this time of year that's kind of how it works? Like if you get a bye in the first round and you're like, okay, I'm just going to sit my player. Mm. You don't have to get injured. Like don't exert yourself. Yeah. Just, just rest. Yeah. <laughs> let me call up Frank Reich and uh, see if he'll just sit him down this week. Put him on the yeah, inactive. Yeah, call him up. Yeah. <clears throat> no thoughts okay let's do, do, do. no that's fine i just uh was not ready for this <laughs> all right well those were our sits of the week let's go ahead and swing into the mailbag can we talk about the mail please mac i'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day okay all right up first in the mailbag we have a, actually a lot of questions this week so thank you for sending those in on twitter uh to our handle at richards ff pod up first we have a question coming in from at marbsters marbsters something like that the question is Gurley is his running back one james connor sony michelle nick chubb need to bench one of those three you could also bench two and put in dj Moore in the flex tough decisions this week so between Connor, Sony, Chubb, and let's just throw in DJ Moore's name, which two, or excuse me, which three would you prefer? Wow. This yeah, is it's, a, this guy really is, tough one. is just this bragging is good about options. all of these, <laughs> yeah. these great options. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't know how you sit James Connor, to be honest. I know it's been a rough couple of weeks, but you, you have to figure out that better days are ahead. So Connor is absolutely in the lineup for me. I don't know about you guys, but I am t- really tempted for DJ Moore. To play him or sit him? To play him. I yeah. am also tempted. I think that I would go Connor and DJ Moore. It's definitely sit Chubb for me, so I'd go Sony over Chubb if we stick to the running backs. But if we're allowed to bring in DJ Moore, I might start him over Sony. Did, did it say if it's a PPR or half PPR? It doesn't say. It did not say. Shoot. Yeah. Standard, I would go Sony. Anything else, I would go DJ Moore and James Connor. I also think too if you if you need a higher upside type of play as a second option here I would go DJ Moore we've we've seen his ability to boom uh, and if you need that safety blanket I would go uh, I would go Sony see and I think I'm gonna go with Connor and Chubb here because I think both get enough volume to be safe but also both have huge ceilings that we've seen in the last well a few weeks for Chubb and then earlier in the season for Connor so 
I think those would be my two picks, even though I do love DJ Moore this week. Yeah, honestly, I, this this guy or, or gal, uh, really, I feel like you can't go wrong, to be honest yeah, with you. These are all I agree. great choices. All right, up next, we have a question from at Corey Stoller. Uh, need to start one in the flex standard league. We have a choice between DJ Moore, Larry Fitzgerald, or Corey Davis. He says, also, I should note that it wouldn't hurt to have a little upside here as well. My opponent could easily outscore me this week. DJ Moore easily for me, but I'll pass it over to Betts because Corey Davis is start of the week. Uh, reading this question makes me unsure. <laughs> <laughs> I I absolutely love DJ Moore this week, uh, and I just talked about why I love Corey Davis. I think Standard League flips the switch mm. for me to go with Corey Davis. I do think that he has a better chance to actually find the end zone. Uh, although, again, I, I love DJ Moore, and I do think that he has a chance to boom. If you really need high upside uh, type of play, I would prefer Corey Davis. It's DJ Go DJ. That's my DJ. <laughs> Go DJ. He's going to be my pick out of these three. So That is a red shirt's first. A, a rap, a Kent rap on the show. <laughs> oh, my God. That's uh, that's about the only time you'll ever hear me rap, and that's about my extent of it. So, yeah. But I, I like DJ. My order would be DJ Moore, Corey Davis, Larry Fitzgerald, obviously. And uh, I just give the edge to DJ Moore because Devin Funches is still kind of dealing with that back injury. So. Yes. Let's move on and take a question here from Kevin. I think that's Avale Aviles. Kevin, Kevin Aviles. Kevin Aviles. Something like that. Um, the question is Saquon at Chicago or bench the quads and <laughs> play. Is he calling Saquon partly yes, the quads because quad. he has such a big quad? <laughs> that's Saquon. awesome. Uh, so should he bench Saquon Barkley and play either of Brita or McCoy? My answer is no. No. Yeah. No. no. Definitely. Pretty. pretty play simple, him no. every single week. Lock him in without question. Yeah. I don't think there's much to be said about that. Pretty no. Uh, resounding no across the board there. All right. We have one more DJ Moore question. This is from at Robert Tarowski, and he says DJ Moore or Robert Woods in a PPR league, extra points for a longer touchdown catch or run interesting format this this uh, is actually kind of more difficult i think i think that you have um i don't want to say poisoned because it's a good thing affected our listener base kent with your dj more love <laughs> what he's good <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good call obviously he's playing great however there's no way i'm starting him over robert woods robert yeah. woods is honestly a wide receiver one right now especially in ppr he is going to dominate uh, for the rest of the season with Cooper Cup out and in that offense. He's got eight catch, 80-yard touchdown, probably like two out of three weeks type uh, production potential. So Robert Woods over most guys, certainly DJ Moore. And it's likely that um, I know they move around a lot in that offense, uh, but I think Brandon Cooks will be seeing Darius Slay of the Lions. So I think Cook or excuse me, Woods will benefit from that. So I go Woods as well in full PPR. Yeah, my recommendation here to Robert would be, if you can, figure out a way to get both of these guys in your lineup. Like Okada said, it's mm-hmm. um, it's really tough to pick between the two. I like both a lot, but I agree. i got to go Woods. No one is viewing him as a wide receiver one, and that is what he is in arguably the best offense in the NFL. He should be a weekly set-it-and-forget-it type of player uh, every week. All right, up next we have a question from at Jeff Puff. 
And the question is, Chris Thompson versus Naheem Hines. This is an 18-team league, so that's why he's kind of diving wow. into the deep the deep uh, starts here. So this is going to be a for a flex. Chris Thompson or Naheem Hines? First of all, I didn't even know Chris Thompson was playing these days. I think he's on, I think he practiced, so I think he's on track yeah, to play he, this week. He returned to practice on Monday. They uh, they play on the Monday night game next week against the Eagles, so we won't have actually a full practice report of whether or not Ooh. he was limited or full or what have you uh, until tomorrow. So as of now, we're relying on reports that he is likely practicing, but we don't know the full details of what that means. Okay. I'm going to give this answer. Unless Marlon Mack is cleared, and we also hear that Chris Thompson is extremely cleared and healthy, I would go Hines. Mm. If if we hear that Marlon Mack is not going to... Wait, what did I say that right just now? Uh, I don't know. I, okay, you kind of jumped it into it before I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it this way. If Marlon Mack is clearly cleared, which sounds fun <laughs> and uh then then that bumps Hines down for me a bit enough i think that he falls under chris thompson if we're also confident that chris thompson plays any other situation i'm gonna take Hines. i don't even mind Hines if mac plays but it's really if mac sits that Hines bumps up yeah it's it my my answer swings on marlon mac mostly if if mac is in i'm gonna i'm gonna roll the dice on thompson uh, I think that we'll we'll have enough news by that point to kind of know if he's going to play or not. And he's been out for a little while, so he's had time to at least attempt to get healthy. And I think with Colt McCoy in the offense, I think there's actually still a fair amount of fantasy value in Chris Thompson for the remainder of the year if he if he can play. So I'm going to go with him. Yeah, I, I definitely echo everything that you guys have said. This is very very much an injury dependent situation for all the reasons that you guys discussed. And I would agree. Uh, you know, if Max sits, I would take Hines. All right, let's move on to a question from at Whiskers Salty. <laughs> I don't know. Like why, why is that funny? I don't know, but it's a funny name. Uh, pick one to sit out of this group of uh, is, is a couple positions. In PPR, we have Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara. Uh, oh, actually, which Adams is this? No, this might oh, be Josh call. Adams. Let's, oh. let's say this is all running backs because that's kind of what it seems like. So, all right, starting over, it's Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, Josh Adams, and Joe Mixon. You gotta sit one. Hmm. PPR. Hmm. There's no way you're. There's no way you're sitting Alvin Kamara. So he's he's a lock for sure. Oh man, that is tough. Uh, to be honest with you, I might sit Mark Ingram in this situation. Okay. Interesting. It, I'm gonna, assuming it is Josh Adams. If it was Devonte Adams, it would not be this choice. But assuming it's yeah, Josh I feel Adams, like. I, I feel like if it was Devonte, he wouldn't like he'd be locked in for me. Yeah, so that's I don't, fair. I think it's Josh. I am going to sit Josh Adams, and the reason is not because I think that he will be worse. I think he's probably actually could be better than Ingram and Mixon, but we have one game sample size of Doug Peterson with a bell cow type workload to his running back, and that was that was last week. Granted. But one game in all of Doug Peterson's tenure, that's not enough for me to trust him over these guys. I would definitely trust him over a lot of other guys, but all three of these guys are strong, established starters that I'm more confident in the workload of. So I would sit Adams. Yeah, this is tough. I think I'm going to sit Ingram here, though, as well, just because that 
Dallas, that Dallas defense is pretty stout right now. And also, if I'm doing that, I'm kind of allowing myself to have a little bit more upside in my lineup by not having both Saints running backs. So that's where I'm going to go with that one. Swinging over to a question from a friend of the show, a former co-host of ours, the only Jen Smith. Her question is Lamar Jackson. Hey. Yeah, welcome back to the show, Jen. Lamar Jackson, what quarterbacks would you start over him this week against Atlanta? Ooh, very fun. I'm going to uh, take Drew a Brees. second here. Yeah, There's a I few mean, that come to mind that are that are obvious. Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Drew Brees. Agreed. Yep. Absolutely. Jared uh, Andrew Dahl Luck. for me. Yes, Andrew Luck. Ooh, yeah. Andrew Luck versus the Jaguars, though. That doesn't scare you oh, at all? Oh, absolutely, Andrew Luck. No, nah, right. I still take Luck, yeah. I think yeah, for me the it. discrepancy becomes a little more clear when it's guys like Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson or Philip Here, Rivers I, or Lamar I got a Jackson, tough one for you around there. I think it's tough right now. Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. He's playing against Arizona. Lamar Jackson. Ooh. It's so yeah. weird to say. This, I agree. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. I would also I love it. the way start him over Brady. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I'd start yeah. Cam. Over Lamar Jackson, he's facing the Buccaneers. It sounds like Lamar's probably in about our seven to nine range, boy, based on agree. what I'm hearing. Yep. Uh, how about, I been recording how about this one? How about it, Deshaun but... Watson? Ooh, who's he playing? He's playing against Cleveland. Nah, I take Cleveland. Watson. I could take Watson there. Yeah, that's really close. I think I would take Jackson in that one. Um. And I would take Big Ben, by the way. He's at home in primetime. I would definitely take Big Ben over Jackson. So, yeah, he's probably in my 8-9 to nine range, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Low-end quarterback one prime spot for him this week, though. I'm excited to watch him. All right, and then the last question on the dock here today. This is from at N Goodfellow. Uh, he or she says, I am slotted in the third spot no matter what happens this week. Is it worth dropping Golden Tate or... Is this Traquan Smith? Yeah, it must I be. I assume this is Traquan. I, yeah. I doubt it's Tory Smith. Um, <laughs> for Malcolm Brown, even if I don't have Gurley, both currently sit on my bench. Yes. Uh, which one are you dropping, Golden Tate or Traquan Smith? Golden Tate. He has been yeah. awful for the Eagles, and there's a there's a small to decent chance that they figure out how to work him in. We kind of talked about this in a recent pod, but. Even if they do, he's not going to have the upside where you're going to want to start him, I think, over your existing starters or over Traquan Smith, which is why I drop him versus Traquan. And, yeah, if he's a bench guy, I'd much rather much rather have Malcolm Brown, who could win you your championship easily if anything happens to Gurley. Yeah, it pains me to say this, but that Eagles offense is broken right now, and it does not look like it's getting cleaned up anytime soon. Uh, Traquan offers a lot more to your lineup, uh, so I would agree with that. I would prefer... Uh, the handcuff to another player uh, rather than Golden Tate, who honestly I just think is just going to sit on your bench. If it is Torrey Smith, absolutely drop him. (laughs) (laughs) It can't be, but I thought that was funny that he just said T. Smith. But, yeah, I'm dropping Golden Tate as well. Uh, He's been pretty much atrocious. I mean, partially due to Wentz, partially due to himself, being new to the offense and everything, and he's not, you know, the top passing target there. So I'll drop him. I'll let someone else try and – play him and fail uh, honestly at this point so I, I like Traquan Smith for the rest of the year to be perfectly honest and Malcolm Brown's very valuable as a handcuff so I would do um, the same 
since we are advising this handcuff grabbing, I'm curious to know who is your number one handcuff? Both you guys. Ooh. Um, I'd say Spencer Ware is probably up he, there. Yeah, he's one of the first names that came to mind, but I also agree that uh, it's got to be, you know, talking about Malcolm Brown as well with what Gurley is to that offense and how they use running back. I think that, for me, it's between those two. Yeah, for and me, actually, it is... Oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Kent. Well, I was going to say, with, with how the schedule is, he, and he's, like, not really a handcuff. They're kind of in a duo. But um, Royce Freeman, if Philip Lindsay were to get injured, Royce Freeman instantly becomes a top 10 running back with his schedule for me. That's definitely a solid one. Yeah, I, I asked because, for me, it's Spencer Ware by miles and miles. So I was curious if you guys would be on board with me. But for when yep. you're looking for a handcuff, you want someone that you know is going to take the job, which, like, in, for example, in Los Angeles, it could be that they activate John Kelly and Malcolm Brown isn't the guy. We're not really positive on that. But if Kareem Hunt went down, we know Spencer Ware would be the job. You want a great offense. They've obviously got that. And unlike almost all the other handcuffs, except maybe like Giovanni Bernard, he's really proven that he can be a great starting running back for an NFL team this NFL team that he plays for. So, yeah, for me, it's easily Spencer Ware. But the other names you named are also solid. All right. Well, that wraps up the mailbag and the show. So thank you, everyone, for sending those questions. Those are awesome. I had a lot of them this week. Very fun. And we got a fun little game in there for you. And it starts in the sits. So go out, win your weeks, get in the playoffs, and uh, take home some championships. That's what we're all here for, right? So... Thank you, Betts. Thank you, Okada. Some wonderful info out there today. Absolutely. Huzzah. Let's uh, let's go ahead and bring home uh, some of those championship trophies. Thank you for listening. Once again, we are the Red Shirts. Here comes the, here comes the, here comes the.